Welcome to the all-new Marvelicious Toys Podcast, hosted by the astonishing Arnie, the mighty Marjorie, and Captain Justin. Nah, just Justin. Join us at MarveliciousToys.com to find thousands of pictures of the items reviewed, find links to our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages, and much more. Welcome to Marvelicious Toys. This is Marjorie. This is Arnie. And this is Justin. Welcome back to a new Marvelicious Toys. We've got a big show full of big figures. Going to be talking Galactus. Going to be talking Doctor Doom. Going to be talking Surtur. Going to be talking to the big three at Hasbro. Big, big, big show. Doesn't get much bigger than this. But hey, this past week had a big reveal. Finally, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Justin, Marjorie, were either of you part of that crowd that just could not wait for this trailer? I'm excited for this movie, but I'm not one of these people that's going to go out of my way to watch a trailer until it's put in front of me. And strangely enough, this leaked trailer was put in front of me, so if it was just a (laughs) click away, I'll, I'll watch it. Did you see it not leaked? Because the next day, I mean, it did leak with the wonderful video quality of a phone in portrait mode being filmed by a phone in landscape mode being watched (laughs) on my phone. It was very meta. It reminds me of when boomers on Facebook take a picture of a Facebook post and then print it out and then (laughs) cut it out and then take a picture of that and then post that on Facebook. Did you watch it when it was posted to YouTube the next day? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I made sure to watch what it was supposed to be because even that that weird leak there was a lot of non-finished effects in it it was also watermarked and i said whoever name that is is fired the next day it was the head of visual effects so i don't think that kind of person would be like hey film my phone yeah i have a feeling somebody stole his phone or something like i don't know what type of clout somebody in that position would try to be gaining from that so I assume there's some sort of investigation going on. I blame Tom Holland. He leaks everything. I know. He gets blamed for everything. There's so many memes going around. around. There was a leak and he was freaking out like, oh my God, it wasn't me this time, guys. Well, my favorite part of the trailer is I was going to make a meme. I just haven't gotten around to it is, you know, we get to see Doctor Strange and like his hoodie and sweatpants and all that stuff. (laughs) And I want to make a meme that's like a picture of Doctor Strange and Endgame. And then that picture of him in this new trailer and be like, how I think I look on Halloween and how my mom made me go out on cold Halloween night. <laughs> That's such a Midwestern thing, too, isn't it, Justin? <laughs> right? Get this cool costume. Not until you put your winter coat on. I have seen a meme that is that photo, and it just says, cosplayers at the hotel buffet before the con. If you look at what Doctor Strange is drinking his coffee out of, it's... Oh, oh, for Fox's sake. Uh-huh. They sold that. He, they got that mug off Amazon. So I got that mug off Amazon. It's now a proper. Nice. I'm excited for this movie, though, because Eternals still not doing anything for me, even though they released a trailer for that with Deviance as well. I'm like, maybe that movie's great, but the trailer is not selling it as great. But Spider-Man looks like a return to Infinity Saga feel of the MCU. And I'm very happy to go there yeah and it, it's not the cast or the trailers of these other movies that don't have me excited i think it's just that i'm not in a place right now where i want 
origin stories or introductions to new teams. That just feels like, eh, we just got over Endgame. You know, I'm kind of enjoying these smaller things where we're finding out the repercussions of what happened because of Endgame. You know, and to introduce new teams and stuff is like, I understand it's it's important and they got to keep the franchise going. But it's just not where I am emotionally right now with these movies. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. I made to laugh because I completely understand. It's like I feel like everything is complete, and it, it ended on a really, really, really high note. And I think that anything after that is not going to have the same universal experience, universal shared experience that we all had with it. I mean, even from Iron Man one, and then going into two, and then ending with Endgame, it was just this ginormous shared experience with so many other people and i i can't see them capturing that again because it's a moment in time thing so not interested in the eternals like it does absolutely nothing for him like i don't know these people i've never heard of them before they're not the avengers i don't think they'll be the avengers and i didn't think what i saw looked interesting i'm there with you all right i'm gonna be perfectly honest the second trailer for the eternals i thought i was watching a trailer for the boys that, which is a, a wonderful <laughs> Amazon TV show. Right. I love the boys. But when you've got that guy flying and shooting beams out of his eyes, I was like, is that Homelander? Now, none of this is to say that I'm not going to be there opening weekend to watch both of these movies. And I'm going in open-minded and hoping to be pleasantly surprised. It's just, I think what we're talking about is our geeked up factor here. Yes. It's, and right now, Spider-Man has grabbed us by the geeked up neck you know it's pure hype level for me how hyped am i for these films i got my tickets to see shang chi that first night in imax i'll be seeing eternals the same way i like shang chi we could talk about it on another show but you can hear full review over at nowplayingpodcast.com jacob stewart and i did a little over two hours dissecting that movie and i talked about the things i really liked about it but right now, I mean, what has me geeked up is Spider-Man and, honestly, Venom and Let There Be Carnage. I mean, that looks a hell of a lot more exciting to me and fun than Eternals. But Spider-Man, yeah, I'm hyped. And it's not just because of Alfred Molina and probably Willem Dafoe, but that does mm -hmm. not hurt. No, I mean, I just, the, the more I think about it, the more it becomes real. Because it's been a lot of rumors for the last couple of years. And now that we actually have visual confirmation that Alfred Molina is in this, that means a lot of these rumors could possibly be true. And just the bigger implications of what that means for 20 years of previous Spider-Man films possibly becoming part of this new canon, is it's exciting. It's mind-blowing. It was the same thing that I thought... And it was just exploding my brain when Evan Peters was playing Quicksilver in WandaVision. And then they totally blue-balled me and pulled the rug out from under me and went, ha ha, like the Simpson. You got bonered. <laughs> but did you guys catch the spoiler they put in the trailer for Spider-Man? How many? There's so many spoilers. I Well, okay, but the main one was, like, it cemented that Tobey Maguire's in the movie. The outfit? Yep, he wore the same suit and tie, color shirt and everything. Well, my question was, do you think that's intentional that he's exactly wearing Tobey Maguire's outfit? Or are there certain suit combinations that just convey a certain mood in a film and costume designers just rely on that? I have not had time since the trailer came out to research suit colors in cinematic history. But I would like to. Oh, come on, Arnie. I don't think it's just the colors. I think it's also kind of that early 90s kind of chunkier material type of style for suits that we're mm -hmm. seeing. I think it's intentional. My 
question then would be, why is Tom Holland wearing that suit and not Tobey Maguire? But well, those will be answered in December. Somebody did float an idea to me that sounds very plausible. What if we're what we're seeing is a Tobey Maguire scene and they made fake CGI shots for the trailer so it looks like they put Tom Holland's head there the same way if you go back and watch the Infinity War trailer you see Hulk charging at that end battle and things that aren't in the movie are in the trailer yeah that i mean that's what makes this time so much fun is that like we can just speculate wildly for the next few months as to what we might be getting based on all the previous Spider-Man movies and what we've seen in this trailer, what they're teasing us with. And that's the fun part of being geeked up about a movie with new properties that are coming around the corner. It's like, eh, I read a comic book or two about these people, but I guess, yeah, I'll go see the movie. But Spider-Man, man, there's so much lore here just in the, the movie realm. that It's going to be, it's going to be a fun couple months. I'll say that bringing it back to toys. Just think about the possibilities here. Modern Marvel legends of the original Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man costume. Yes, please. I have been asking for that ever since they announced the X-Men figures. The last time I saw the Hasbro team in person at Toy Fair 2020, they did announce the first wave of Spider-Man No Way Home figures. And I have to say I'm pretty excited for those as well. Oh yeah, ready pre-ordered. That was a no-brainer. Again, maybe I'm weird. We just did our top figures and I kept going to the J. Jonah Jameson's but I am so happy to be getting a J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson. Hope he comes with a little bit of a toupee so we can have him from the previous world and now the new modern version. He has screaming head and mouth closed head, but neither of them have that wonderful buzz cut from the previous movie. It is clearly a no way home figure or, you know, if you're really cheeky, it's your whiplash figure. Are you swinging or are you gliding? Was that swinging or gliding? So you do know the difference. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a good mixture wave too, you know? I mean, it, it, I think it's, you know, our our teaser of the movie wave, you know, not showing us too much. We've been seeing the, the black and gold suit Spider-Man in different toy forms for the last month or so. So we get, we get a better look at that now. We get his integrated suit from the movie, whatever that means. It sounds like probably going to be a combination of a few previous suits. It looks very Iron Spider. With the gold spider yeah. on it and things. Definitely. And Doctor Strange, it looks like a much better Doctor Strange than we got back with the Doctor Strange movie. I mean, their face printing tech has improved so much. Yeah, that's one that definitely needed a redo on the shelf. You know, the, the previous Doctor Strange wasn't terrible, but now that we're getting, like you said, the more accurate face tech, he, he's desperately needing an upgrade. And then a couple comic figures getting Morlin from Spider-Verse there, which was a great arc, although I don't know that he was a great villain. And video game Miles Morales, not holographic. Yeah, getting reuse out of that sculpt already, but the other one's uh, an exclusive, so that's the way to do it. And finally, Shriek. And I've seen a lot of people on our page go like, when are they coming out with Shriek? I'm like, Shriek is in the Venom movie. They will come out with Shriek. And sure enough, this wave, which should be coming out shortly after the Venom movie to be on pegs in time for the Spider-Man movie, you finally get your Shriek. Yeah. And Armadillo Build-A-Figure. I've read a couple comics with Armadillo, but this looks like a really fun figure. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's like the way they like to reuse some of these bigger bucks, you know, with overlays on them. This looks like a good, you know, base for a, a rhino or maybe, you know, a new abomination. I think that crotch is all new with its segments. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it an articulated crotch? Because that might be the first. I don't think it is. It's just sculpted segments over the private areas. Oh, I see what you're saying. His abs and the crotch do feel very almost scalish. Mm -hmm. But we got that great rhino just a couple years ago. I don't know that I need him to redo that as a Build-A-Figure. And a new abomination, a comic abomination, that could be cool, though. Yeah. Or just giving us a Hulk wave that I've been wanting for a long time with a lot of perhaps updates to that Fing Fang Foom wave they did years and years and years ago. Yeah, they're slowly kind of doing it, you know? Maestro is currently shipping and just got She-Hulk not too long ago. They're, they're slowly kind of redoing that. Also during the live stream, although it was up for pre-order in early 2020, because I had a pre-order in for the Eternals figures. <laughs> and they canceled all orders of those back then to be redone at a later time. So these aren't up for order yet, even though the movie comes out first. But they did show off officially the Eternals wave of figures, including a Walmart exclusive. Yeah. And crazy. Like, I can't think of the last time. And it might be going back to Captain Marvel. And even that, I think, was a little bit mixed with some comic characters. This is a full MCU style wave. Like, no comic stuff mixed in whatsoever. Shang-Chi was pretty close to that. They did have the Iron Man with the holographic head, and they had that gamer versus Captain America. But four of the six were movie-based figures and have been showing up on clearance lately. I'm not sure if the Eternals look like the most exciting action figures to own. <laughs> yeah, I mean, until I see the movie, they're, they're just people in flowing robes, you know? Almost feel like somewhat religious type of statues, you know? You can put them on a pedestal and call them Saint So-and-so and Saint this guy. Give them to your grandma. It's a bunch of people in robes, and I never want to see a wave go on clearance, but Shang-Chi did. Remember, the Guardians wave even did way back when, when that was all movie figures. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, and it's all context. Like we've been saying, we haven't seen the movie, so like right now it's just Angelina Jolie in a flowing robe. But, you know, once we see the movie, she might be doing some really cool stuff in that flowing robe that makes me want that figure. I can't remember. Am I finally getting a Selma Hayek in plastic? I would have to assume so, right? That wave, it all just washes over me. It all just feels so similar. There's not a standout figure in that wave outside of the deluxe evil guy. Yeah, Crow looks cool. Or Selma Hayek is Ajak, and Ajak is the Walmart exclusive. So I'm getting Selma Hayek, not the From Dusk Till Dawn figure I've wanted, but this one will do. <laughs> Finally, all those Jay and Silent Bob collectors can make a Muse figure. But yeah, it, it's just they are ornate figures, but they don't necessarily scream action to me. No. And I don't know that they had to do all the Eternals. I mean, eventually we might have wanted that to finish off the team, but it's not like they've done this for every movie. It's not like Thor Ragnarok had a whole wave. That's why they had to go back and give us Korg and go back and give us Grandmaster and things. Well, the folks at Hasbro have to be aware of all of these things we've just talked about. 
So I'm kind of wondering if this is going to be a lower production run type of wave where it's, if you're even interested in having them, probably pre-order them or get them the first time you see them. But these aren't going to be the type of ones that I think ship and ship again. And then they just end up lingering on pegs. Unless nobody buys them, they might linger on pegs. But what I'm saying is, is this could be one of the shorter production run line of figures we see in a while. But aren't they already out? I remember when COVID was just starting to become a term, people posted store find pictures of Eternals figures from, I think it was Walmart, and then they found the Deluxe Crow at Target. Yeah, so these have shipped, or at least have partially shipped, and gotten as far as store shelves well over a year ago at this point, and weren't supposed to be out, obviously. But on the live stream, Dwight said this extra time allowed them to go back and fix a couple of characters and make them more screen accurate. Because as we know, all the way back to Attack of the Clones with the droid color changing, they can change the movies a lot faster than Hasbro can keep up with the toys. And so he said he was able to go back and tweak the Angelina Jolie figure a little bit. I'd like to tweak the Angelina Jolie figure a little bit. And tweak... I can't remember the name of the character with the really short hair, but tweak that a little bit. So that makes me wonder. I mean, are there really rare first-gen variants of these figures that slipped out in early 2020? Yeah, and then got recalled from Target backrooms and are now in some weird distribution flux and are going to show up at an Ollie's or a Ross store after a while. This all feels very, very weird. Yeah. And not a single Eternals legend is on eBay. Hmm. So if they had slipped out, assuming those leaks aren't Photoshop or whatever, and how could they be? They had the exact lineup. They had the Build-A-Figure. They knew it was Crow. Crow looked exactly right. Assuming they are real leaks, why wouldn't there be a single one on eBay? Right. We have a mystery here. Yeah, I was going to say, this is one of those things that, like, nobody involved can tell us exactly what happened yet. But mark this down, because, like, in 10 years from now, I'm going to want some answers to what happened here. It's like, you know, how the government has classified information that becomes declassified after a while. The way they're just now, like, unredacting some of the 9-11 Commission stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So we're going to have to get unredacted statements from Dwight and those guys here in a few years on, on the Eternals mystery. Unless it's like the Warren Commission and nothing can be re- released until every single person on the committee is dead. <laughs> It's going to come down to Angelina Jolie didn't like her likeness and paid to have everything that was shipped destroyed. (laughs) She bought every single one. (laughs) But in bigger Hasbro news, the biggest Hasbro news, Galactus. You know what? I've said on this show in two different episodes or three, Galactus, the 14,000 goal, way too high. People aren't going to buy multiples of Galactus. There's been a sense of entitlement to me, and I will completely own up to being entitled and saying, I deserve stretch goals for my money. (laughs) And we're not going to hit them because 14,000, I don't know how that number came about, but I was skeptical if it would even be funded. I will happily eat my humble pie. I was so freaking wrong. (laughs) This one has been crazy, hasn't it? Like, I, 
I don't think any of us thought that this wouldn't fund. I mean, we might have like in the back of our minds been a little bit scared, like, oh, geez, what if it just falls off a cliff and we don't get there? But I think mostly we were like, yeah, this is going to fund. But there was a time where it looked like it might not. And now, holy cow, like there, there was a stretch goal and then it was like, oh, OK, well, that's cool. Oh, my God, there's another stretch goal. Oh, my, there, there's another one. And we're going to hit. Oh, geez, here we are. Four stretch goals in. It was super suspenseful. I probably have watched the Galactus HasLab closer than I watched my own crowdfunding project when I did a Kickstarter. <laughs> probably had more emotions about it. <laughs> I've been just tense. Like, literally, every morning I wake up, I empty my bladder, I check Galactus, and then I have my morning coffee. Every day. <laughs> so you've watched numbers, like, because... Last time I think we talked about it, we were talking about how we were kind of in the doldrums of the campaign, where it's like literally lucky to see it move 50, 60 units every couple days. And over the last few days, it's been thousands of units per day. Crazy numbers. I mean, just to catalog it, I feel like once it was funded and then the Frankie Ray Nova was the first stretch goal, I feel like that was a little bit like we might not hit it, but then we hit it. And then I don't feel like there was any suspense between that and Silver Surfer. Or maybe there was a little bit like maybe not Silver Surfer. No, Silver Surfer just like happened because they didn't announce Silver Surfer in time. And Silver Surfer was only a thousand more. We needed 14 to fund, 16 for Nova. But then it felt like they wanted us to have Silver Surfer. So they made it 17 for Silver Surfer. And I was like, okay... That's very nice of them. And maybe they'll just do a thousand apiece. But then they came out with Morgue and that was 3,000. It was like, well, okay, we gave you Surfer early, but now you got to make up that ground. We got to hit 20,000 for Morgue. Yeah. And that's the, that's the one that got me nervous. I was like, oh, geez. I, I mean, most of us already have Silver Surfer. I understand there's a lot of people who haven't been able to get one of them because he's... He was Walgreens exclusives and all that. But at the end of the day, not super excited about a surfer again. It's too white. I don't know if it's the photos, but I've seen people call him Iceman. And he does kind of look like the snowman Iceman from the very early X-Men days. He's not pinless. I think you could really have given us a pinless upgrade. They've given him a new head and the head looks great. And they've given him a new base so he can sit in Galactus's hand, which is cool. But it's not a magnetic surfboard like Toy Biz did back in the day. It's not the ultimate Silver Surfer figure either. So not only have they put out Surfer at Walgreens and a variant Surfer very recently, but this Surfer, I'm glad it was only a thousand because it felt a little underwhelming. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going with this is that like now that we've gotten all stretch goals, it's fine. It's just another figure in this. Because, you know, I'm not going to say no to a Silver Surfer, but if that would have been it, if it would have been Frankie Ray Nova and Silver Surfer, it would have been kind of, eh. But now, now we're getting a morgue for sure. All new sculpt that looks incredible. And then the final stretch goal. Holy cow. Arnie, I think this is more your thing, man. I think you were the one saying you'd prefer to have more swappable heads than figures as stretch goals. I think figures are bad stretch goals. I'm just going to say this. I think that figures go on pegs and you should perhaps have included 
a figure with this. I think Nova maybe should have been just part of the base offering because whenever they released Galactus, like in the MU line, you always got a surfer with Galactus. You got a Wolverine with the Sentinel. The Amazon exclusive Legends had a Days of Future Past Wolverine with a Sentinel. But figures should and will be on pegs. They said this is the only way to get Frankie Nova until at least 2023. Well, we're not getting Galactus till 2022. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're going to get Frankie Reynova. And I'm sorry to spoil this. They're not going to take an entirely new sculpted figure, Morg, and allow him only to be part of the HasLab. Look at what Star Wars did with the Barge and the Razorcrest. Any new figures that came came on exclusive packaging or with maybe an exclusive arm. This will not be the only way to get Morg. Maybe this will be the only way to get this color scheme of Morg, but Morg will be out there too. And when they did the Sentinel, they said, if the Sentinel gets funded, we have a lot of X-Men figures planned for fall 2021 so that you can tie them in and have figures out there to buy to interact with your Sentinel. So all of these figures should have been general releases for fall 22, especially Surfer, a re-release with a new head, and Frankie Nova, the female buck with like new hair and I think a new head. They shouldn't have been stretch goals because you can get these at retail. What you'll never get at retail are extra accessories for Galactus. You'll never get more than this Kickstarter offers. And that's why with the Sentinel, every new stretch goal got me so excited. Oh my God, it's a master mold. Oh my God, it's battle damage. Cause I'd never have any other way to get those. So that's why the fourth stretch goal of Galactus, I love Morg as a figure. Do not get me wrong. That Morg figure, I was feeling pretty bummed thinking we wouldn't hit 20,000 and that was the best figure they'd shown. But nothing got me as excited as this gimmicky Dr. Doom Galactus head. (laughs) (laughs) And I say gimmicky because you can't say, oh my God, my life is incomplete if I don't have the Dr. Doom Galactus that was in one issue of Fantastic Four in 2001. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's the perfect last stretch goal because if we hadn't hit it, it wouldn't sour the whole campaign for me. It wouldn't be like, oh, they dangled this in front of us and we'll never have it. But it is a cool last one to have up there where it's like, if we get there, awesome. (laughs) We've got this awesome Dr. Doom head to pop on there. To me, it's the only stretch goal that matters. (laughs) I mean, again, there's a sense of entitlement here. I've paid my money. Give me my figures, right? It's the same amount of money that I've paid. So I want my figures. But this... Again, there will never be a different opportunity for me to get this head. That head never came to mind as an idea of what they should do. I had an idea of the unhelmeted head that we've seen in several comics, or even Galactus in human form. The alien he was before he became Galactus. You could have thrown that in as a Legends figure. Maybe, hey, maybe that could come out at retail. But this is really fun. But don't you think that having a Doomhead would make people who may have only bought one 
go back to buy a second because now it's two separate characters. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 got me. And it also kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, kind of wishing we had the Sentinel in hand just to not only answer quality questions, but now I have a question of, the okay, so Sentinel's coming with two figures. Are those going to be just packed in in the box? Or are they going to come in their own unique packaging like you're talking about with the sail barge, you know? Because if that's the case, if they're coming in their own unique packaging, yeah, I kind of want two of each, one to open and one to keep in the box. And here's something else I'm going to throw in there. Hasbro team has not answered as of this recording, but it was asked, will the Doomhead fit on a Sentinel? Now, I know the purples aren't quite exactly the same. I put them next to each other. They're close purples, not exactly the same Pantone purple, but can you have a giant Doombot now? Ooh. <laughs> I'll admit, they got me. As soon as they showed the Doom head, I backed for another. All right. <laughs> I mean, you got to have at least two now to open with the Doom head. And that's how they get you. <laughs> and if they'd shown the Doom head first, I think it would have gone even faster as people do buy two. And now, mind blowingly, the Sentinel was a huge success with 21,890 backers. Galactus is more than that. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I have a theory. Okay. When Galactus got funded, I I don't like how he got funded. <laughs> he got funded on a Monday morning when they added in the international sales. As we mentioned on a previous show, there's the UK site as well as the US site that are both Pulse sites. And so they're adding it together, but the other areas that are getting Zavi and things, those numbers do count. I, if you remember the Star Wars team when they announced the Razor Crest was funded, they thanked the international customers for getting them over that goal. And Dan Yoon on Twitter said that what they'd done that morning was add 800 international sales to the number to get Galactus over the 14,000 mark. Not not for the sake of that. That's not why they did it. But when they added the 800 international, it jumped it over the 14,000 mark. So if you were refreshing, refreshing, refreshing to get that screenshot right at 14,000, you couldn't. I woke up that morning, emptied my bladder, checked Galactus. It was at 13,000 and some. Drank my coffee refreshed Galactus after my coffee and it was over 14,000. And I was like, wait, 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 was it over 14 before? No, no, it was definitely 13.7 or something before my coffee. And they've been slowly adding in the international since, making me wonder, I mean, it's a bit opaque to know what those international numbers are and how they reflect. When they announced the stretch goal for the Silver Surfer of a thousand more, were there a thousand international sales just sitting there and they knew we were going to get Surfer anyway? Maybe. I mean, I think there's just so many things going on, you know? I mean, with it being the last week, the final days, people that decided that they just couldn't live without it, and had, there's people that have been saving up, people that have been trying to talk their significant others into being okay with it. You know, but I think it's the increased international presence that is what really took Galactus into the stratosphere and gave it such a huge funding number. The only thing that I think hurt it is why would Hasbro announce a brand new HasLab, the Transformers one, in the final days of another HasLab, Galactus? 
I think we didn't even find out about the morgue stretch goal when we should have because we hit the surfer goal Friday morning. We didn't find out until very late Friday that there was a third stretch goal and that it was morgue. And I think that's because they didn't want to step on the toes of the Transformers Victory Saber HasLab, which had a target of 11,000, so 3,000 less than Galactus, but he also only cost $179.99. Hmm. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, it's just anecdotal, but I don't know a ton of crossover fans that are, you know, both Marvel and Transformers. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying that I feel like there's way more crossover between Marvel and Star Wars fans. So it's probably better that it's not the end of Galactus and the beginning of the new Star Wars HasLab, you know, with this Transformer buffer in there. I feel like, eh. But yeah, maybe they could have waited a few days to start that one until this one was done. One week, except they're probably then waiting for the Rancor. And I do know, I might have said this in a previous show, I know some friends who said they were going to back Galactus, and then the news of the Rancor dropped, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to save my money for the Rancor. So there are those crossover fans, and that means Haslabs have to compete for the money if you're going to be doing them back to back to back to back to back. Yep. And I think, I think if any of those suffer, it'll be a Transformers one. Yeah, but like you say, it's its own thing. It's so much cheaper. It's an 8-inch figure. I don't know a whole lot about the Victory Saber and the fact that it looks like I think they're bringing a Gundam over from Japan and this is funding it. But I just want to say, I listen, I've groused. I've been entitled. I've been skeptical. But this is an amazing figure, and congratulations to everybody at Hasbro for making an amazing figure, and I believe breaking the HasLab record again, breaking their own record. Here, here. They are the Simone Biles of toy makers. <laughs> I mean, this thing has me so excited for it, but of course, the Sentinels, I keep getting Hasbro toy shop shipping notices. I'm like, Sentinel! No. It... I don't know if you watch TikTok, but I've just gotten into that. But there's the... Who's that Pokemon? It's Pikachu! It's Clefairy! Fuck! <laughs> soon, very soon, young Padwan. <laughs> Sentinels shall be shipping. End of September, I think they said. Well, speaking of the Hasbro team... I did get a chance last week to sit down and talk to them about a lot of things. I talked to them about the... Galactus HasLab. It was not funded when I did speak to them initially, but we talked quite a bit of stuff. So I hope you enjoy this interview. And why don't you guys go ahead one more time, and I'm sure our audience knows you, but you can introduce yourself to them. Uh, we'll start with Dwight. Sure. Hey, guys. I'm Dwight. I am uh, work on design on Marvel at Hasbro. Uh, Ryan? Hey guys, I'm Ryan. I work on marketing for Marvel Legends. And Dan. Yo, yo, what's up? I am Dan, marketing and hype man for Dwight and Ryan. Also hype man for the Galactus. So if you haven't gotten the Galactus, go back it right now. This moment. Do it. Go. <laughs> so talking about the Galactus, you know, I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but I'm going to ask it a million and one. The goal for that is almost double the biggest goal for any HasLab ever. Can you talk about how that number was determined upon and what economic factors, if any, may have played a role in that number? 
Yeah, so we, we've gotten a lot of Galactus questions for the uh, for these interviews. And so we, we've done a little homework here. Um, I think you, you know, the Marvelicious Toys podcast are pretty savvy uh, to how the industry works. So just a reminder that, you know, as it was kind of outlined in the, in our, the earnings call, these are these are facts out there. But, you know, everyone's kind of acknowledged the rising input costs and uh, freight freight costs for the business. These HasLab items are humongous boxes as you shall very soon find once the Sentinel starts shipping out. Um, so a lot of factors kind of go into that equation of number of backers, which again is units sold, not individual people, units sold versus the price point. It's like a big seesaw. When one goes up, the other can come down and vice versa. So, you know, as much as we would have loved to have fewer backers, uh, at the base threshold for Galactus, we didn't want the SRP to start creeping up higher over 400. We thought 400 was a good range to be at. It was, it's a little more than Sentinel was uh, because he, he's a little bit larger basically and a little bit more complex. And then also too, you know, the Sentinel was developed in and costed out late 2019, early 2020. Uh, and so as we know, the world has just kind of completely changed uh, for, those, for those factual reasons. And it is affecting all industries, not just toys and crowdfund toys. Um, so we're, we're doing our best. We're constantly learning from both product offering, how we market it. You know, there's a lot of Great suggestions out there on what tiers should be and how we should reveal them, um, but I'll kind of a lot goes into it, and um, you know I, I I just kind of chuckle a little bit when people are like, oh well, you know certain Kickstarters do X Y and Z. I think it's not really an apples to apples comparison. A lot of Kickstarters are you know great creative projects. They're you know I think honestly smaller in scale and and run by certain ind talented individuals who are able to input their flexibility into it. But we're working with you know some some big partners on it. Uh, so we just have to kind of do what's, what's best for everyone. And um, we hope as many people can back it uh, as, as they can. And we do want to bring Galactus out there. We don't, we don't design these projects to have them not get backed. That is not the intention at all. And talking about, you know, costing and rising costs of figures and things. One thing that's been kind of noticed by collectors is the build-a-figure model seems to have changed a little bit. You know, you guys are doing a lot more of the retro figures that, you know, they cost the same amount, but don't come with the fig with the build-a-figure part. You're also releasing a lot of the build-a-figures or re-releasing them uh, individually. Some figures have come out, deluxe figures like Maestro and MODOK that, you know, people in their mind think, I mean, MODOK was way too big, but could, you know, was a build-a-figure back in Toy Biz days. Maestro, you know, you've done Hulks as build-a-figures before. Is the build-a-figure model still something viable given the rising costs and trying to keep the cost of Legends down? Is, there, is that the reason we're seeing more of the retro figures? So you mean the retro six inch, the yeah. six inch style figures? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I think, well, we can we continue to do those because we think they look great. You know, the the Fantastic Four Wave being the latest example, uh, and it's kind of a nice theme. Uh, it, it's just a constant balance. I think the part of the reason for re-releasing previous builder figures as deluxe figures, I think, is to either make and we've talked about this before, is either to make a notable update like we did with Kingpin with the different uh, collar piece and different deco, or just to kind of make it more accessible for people who weren't collecting Build-A-Figures years ago when that came out. Um, in terms of whether we would do away with one or the other, I think I don't think either decision is imminent. To your point, MODOK was way too large to be a Build-A-Figure. Would you, could you argue that fans would have preferred it as a Build-A-Figure and scaled down in size? 
I don't know, then he, they're still spending, they, they have to buy six figures to make him. And he, whereas he's a $50 kind of deluxe purchase. So I'll leave that, I'll leave that up to you guys to decide. Um, but I think we're, we'll continue to, to do both uh, the best we can. And we you know we've got the Hydra Stomper coming as well, which is an awesome deluxe figure. He's, he's way too big to be a builder figure as well. Um, any other thoughts on that, Dwight? No, I, I think, I think you're right. I think we have a lot of, uh, legends has grown to be so big and such a powerful brand we have more opportunities to get those types of figures out in more waves ways than we could in the past in the past you know this go back five six years you had you know you would maybe make five or six exclusives for the year and you had you know eight build a figure waves and that was it you know but now the brand has grown to be so powerful. It's like, you know, we have the retro figures, we have the standard build-a-figure format, and both of those are awesome and valid, but they're not the only way for us to get things out there. So we now have deluxe price points and super deluxe, which allows us to get things out there that we normally couldn't have, you know, done in the past. And, you know, who knows where we're going to go from here. You know, it's like now we have Haslabs, right, where we're delivering, you know, 26-inch Sentinels and 32-inch lacti to the world so i think as the brand continues to grow and evolve we're going to try to find more opportunities to get things out there to the fans and be able to look back at the past and i know ryan and dan are really good at this way better than i am but they keep their track on they keep their eyes on like the secondary market and what things are going for and if the you know the prices are super super high for certain characters you know, that were, you know, maybe a few years old, maybe it's time to look at bringing those back out in, in a new way and in, in a new color or with some new pieces to get them to the people who, like Ryan said, weren't collecting then or might have missed them. You know, um, I think the most important thing is it's not a hundred percent rule, but wherever possible, if we're going to do, do those items, we like to make them different than what they were before. So if you do have that original build a figure that is still special and unique to what it was. And, you know, if you want the new version, the deluxe or super deluxe version, you know, obviously go for it, go grab that one too. And I'm not disrespecting the retro six inch line at all. I absolutely love those throwbacks to the toy biz cards. And now with the fantastic four cards with the rounded uh, cutbacks and everything. So you know, looking at the older toy lines that have come out, what would each of you like to see as a retro card that hasn't been done? And why isn't it Secret Wars? <laughs> Dan, what's your favorite? Uh, so it's no secret. I love the uh, 90s cartoon. So I would love to see the Spider-Man cartoon, all those characters on a retro card. I would love to see um, the X-Men 90s guys on a retro card. I know we have a lot of them already out, like the Jim Lee team, but getting we haven't completed that team yet, right? And like I love that cartoon, the X-Men cartoon, right? So seeing them on a retro card back... Um, just because I, I love the retro card line. That's like one of my favorite lines that we put out. And to have one in and one out of those would be amazing. So that's just me. But I know the other guys would love something too. Ryan, what about you? I think in terms of what is left out there, I think the Iron Man Toy Biz line and that blister card in particular, in my mind, is probably the next one after Fantastic Four that we haven't done that we probably should look at. 
personally, I'm a big X-Men fan, so I'd love to do more of the orange versus purple versus blue versus black, like for X-Force uh, and the villains and of that. And I think I think Secret Wars is definitely uh, should be on. It should be in the discussion. Uh, I think it has been, you know, friend of Marvel Legends, John Tyler Christopher does a lot of those Secret Wars in inspired action figure comic variant covers. And so that could be on the horizon too down the line. Yeah, I'd pick uh, Ghost Rider. Let me uh, give me an excuse to make some uh, demons and monsters. I'm I'm into that. So uh, I think I would pick the uh, Toy Biz era Ghost Rider cards. That was actually a cool line. I hadn't thought about that one. So, all right. And also looking at exclusives, one thing that I know was brought up a lot in your last live stream in the YouTube chat. I know we've heard it a lot from our listeners is Walgreens have two exclusives, Quasar and Nova, that haven't yet shown up in the U.S. And, you know, I, anecdotally, I don't see any legends in any of the Walgreens near me anymore. So what is your confidence level that these exclusives are going to be out there and readily available for collectors? Yeah, we've looked into it. We tried to reassure you all on the last live stream. Uh, the first one, so who's the first one that's missing? Uh, Quasar? Nova. Nova. Or- Nova came out. Okay. So yeah, Nova was the one that they said should be, you know, shortly. Uh, and then Quasar later this fall. So hang in there, guys. I'm pretty sure that we they're create like the product is all produced. It's just sitting somewhere or in transit. Um, so I know I know some fans have expressed frustration and even gone so far as to importing them, but I would just encourage you all to hang tight a little bit while longer. And um, from what we are hearing, they should be. You know, by the end of the year, we're, we're going to be in the fourth quarter. We're in the third quarter now, but by end of the year, you know, should be out there. Yeah, Arnie, I, I want that Nova and Quasar figure. So I have like two Walgreens like near where I live and I check every day, like almost every day. So uh, I'm with the fans. I sense the frustration. I personally go on the toy hunt myself. So like Nova should be hopefully coming uh, this month. And then like Ryan said, uh, Quasar should be coming in the fall uh yeah we're, we're just like you guys we we go to the stores and we check all the time so i check either every day or every other day just to go to walgreens and then what makes the decision of one of figures exclusive versus regular release um i i, there, I think there's a there's a lot of things to that arnie a lot of our um, mainline releases are built around big programs that tie into entertainment beats whether that's a theatrical release, uh, a Disney Plus release, or you know a major publishing um, venture, um, but then we know that there's still so many other Marvel fans outside of what's going on for that particular year. It gives us an opportunity to kind of look at other pieces of the Marvel universe that are not as uh, tapped for the, the, that 12 months, and that's kind of where we came up with the cosmic theme for Walgreens for this year, because there was nothing, you know, in that slate, you know, so it allowed us to kind of go into a different, different uh, category, a subcategory rather, and try to find some characters that we just didn't, uh, you know, we didn't have uh, an opportunity to find other homes for. It's also a place where you can kind of, uh, depending on the account, whether it's, you know, like Fan Channel or Target and Walmart, each each of those, you know, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera, each one of those we handle a little bit differently and we try to find different products that'll fit their unique needs 
to how they, uh, you know, uh, would, would distribute them out to, uh, to you, the fan community. And then yeah, I not know, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Dan. Yes, yeah, just from a business side, there's so many other like factors to it too that are behind the scenes that we probably can't go in, you know, in detail with. But we 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 know fan sentiment around you know retailer exclusives. Um, I think that you know you out of all people, Arnie, you guys know like there has to be a lot of business decisions that need to be made. You know what I mean? And we try very hard to make sure that we consider fans too when it comes to uh exclusives and things of that nature but there are a lot of things in the background that you know we don't really openly talk about when it comes to those type of things and uh yeah it's just we we try very very hard though to consider to make sure the fans are number one priority first so but but there is a business side to it too and then i wanted to talk a little bit about the three and three quarter inch retro line uh because i absolutely love that that line you've got going on um are there going to be more announcements coming soon regarding that there will be thank you for supporting that line from the from the very get-go with the pulse two packs uh appreciate it no we we love this line as well it was a big undertaking to get it off the ground and i think we're we're just starting to hit our stride so um yeah there will be more announcements to come for uh all those glorious three and three quarter five slash seven point articulated figures with the amazing, you know, more, more amazing uh, illustrations too for, for those mint on card collectors. So um, just kind of wrapping it up here, what is something about your job at Hasbro that you wish your fans and collectors understood? Dwight, start with you. Um, I, you know, that, that is, you know, it is a lot of fun but it's a also it's an incredibly uh stressful job just like any one of you guys have you know we all we all go to a job every day you know um yes at the end of the day we our team is is surrounded by spandex superheroes and it is a lot of fun to you know dive into the ips that we get to do but there is you know a massive amount of stress that gets put onto the team for hitting timelines and production cost, you know, profitability standards and uh, fan standards of, you know, quality and diversity for fans and everybody that's out there is like, there's so many levels that of things that we have to think about that, you know, none of it's taken lightly. Um, sure, we miss things from time to time and we wish we could do things differently or, or revisit stuff, but, you know, every one of us loves what we do so much, but it's, it's just, it's a ton of work and it's a lot of, uh, you know, restless nights. And, you know, I think that just goes along with anyone who cares and loves what they do you're going to want it to be the best and you're going to put everything you have into it. And um, I know the three of us that you get to talk to on this call feel that way. Um, but beyond the three of us, there's, you know, there's other members of the team that love and care just as much for this brand of Marvel, as well as the legends uh, brand. And they put everything that they have into it. So I think it's just a, just the, the amount of work that get, that's involved in making an action figure is so much more than just drawing a picture, getting the sculpt, you know, and, and running a, a production, uh, an injection mold machine. So. Dan, what about you? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, sort of to echo, you know, Dwight's point, I think fans don't realize how close, like, all three of us are to, you know, fan sentiment. And I think what we would like to share, or I would like to share, is that we try very, very hard to consider every, you know, situation. You know what I mean? I know, like, usually in, like, you know, the fan sites, there's always those questions of like, why don't you do X, Y, and Z or do X, Y, and Z, right? And I'll tell you probably nine times out of 10, like we've considered that situation. And we've also asked that question too. Um, so yeah, just to echo Dwight, I think I, I would like to just convey that it takes a lot of hard work from people who, you know, you guys don't get to see too. And I just want to give them a shout out and say that it really takes a village to make sure that uh, Marvel Legends is what it is today and I'm very grateful to be part of it and I'm grateful for all the fans and you know people like you Arnie who have been you know loyalists to Legends so thank you really. Well thank you. Ryan what about you? So yeah I mean I'll try to come up with a new angle that that the guys haven't previously said but um, yeah I know it's it, we all have a passion for this and at the end of the day it's it's a very kind of simple enjoyment to you know have an action figure in your hands and, and pose it out on yourself but again it's it's a very complicated uh process both in terms of manufacturing and production and then also business considerations you know hasbro is is a big corporation disney marvel same thing so um we we have a lot of competing priorities we do try to make the fans uh, as happy as possible what's great about marvel is that there's so many different corners of the universe that you can be a fan of of multiple different things and so we're always trying to find that balancing act and then if there's something that wasn't put out that you want to see or not put out in the right version and then it's not because we're ignoring fans or you know we don't care about it it's just we had to make a decision and um hopefully on the balance more of the decisions make fans happy, uh, but uh, we'll we'll try to continue to do our best there. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys, for your time. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, are we going to see you guys at New York Comic Con? Probably not. Uh, Probably but you'll not. continue to see it. You'll continue to see our smiling faces coming through the computer screens to you in uh, many different ways. All right. Well, thank you, and you guys have a good day. Thanks, Thanks Arnie. Take it easy, buddy. Thanks, Arnie. Thank you to the Hasbro team for their generosity with their time, sitting down with us for an exclusive 20 minute interview. I always just love talking to the guys and only wish it could be in person. <laughs> I mean, it, it's cool to hear. I mean, I think we all suspect it anyway, but it's cool to hear them saying that they're at heart. They're just fans like us, you know? I mean, they, they're somewhat in charge and they have way more input into what gets put on shelves than any of us do. But at the same time, they're they're out there looking for these things and trying to find them themselves. And and I, I think that comes through in, in so much of what they do, you know, the talking to fans and interacting with us and the, the product they put out. You can tell there's there's real love there for the for the, the property. And I asked about Nova. The Nova figure, not Frankie Nova, the other Nova, the Walgreens exclusive Nova, has been found in California a couple days after I asked the question. So you're going to want to start hitting your Walgreens. I just hope they put them online at some point. But I live near a ton of Walgreens now, so hopefully. <laughs> yep, they're starting to trickle out. Something else Dwight said that got me excited. 
the new term super deluxe figure. Is that something that we've seen? Is that what we're calling Modoc as a super deluxe figure? Or is that something that we'll be seeing in the future? Huh. I, I kind of took it as the kind of $50 price point figure, uh, but like, like Surtur. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think, I think you know, reading between the lines, I think that's what he probably was talking about, is that, that kind of $50 price point Modoc and Surtur, like you said. Because the deluxe figures were like the War Machine and the Black Widow that came with the extra stands and the extra guns and accessories. Yeah, and the bigger figures like, you know, Maestro Hulk right now. That $30, mm-hmm. that $30 price point. Toxin and Venom. But that gets me excited that we could have more like 12-inch figures that are scaled to Legends as compared to that 12-inch figure line that made, what, six figures or so and then just didn't make it. Yeah. But not only that, but more things that possibly couldn't have been done as a Build-A-Figure because they were just too big, like a MODOK. And now they now they can live in a super deluxe price point. But speaking of the Hasbro guys, we also now know Hasbro PulseCon 2021 is coming in late October, 22nd and 23rd. Yeah, like a pre-Halloween party. We have to wait that long to order... Rockabilly Modoc and Retro Venom figure. Oh, yeah, with the comic book-inspired cell shading paint app. Last year they did it in September, and I felt that was a little late, but you pointed out that's probably when they'd have been shipping the stuff. Had there been a San Diego Comic-Con, then that's when they would have been shipping the mail-order Comic-Con stuff. So mm-hmm. that made sense to me, but now we're into late October, although... Maybe that is when the ship comes in. Literally, shipping is a nightmare to get stuff in from China right now. I don't care what industry you're in. <laughs> well, and it's it's almost it's almost like the revival of Hascon since there's no in-person cons really this year. Why why not just make this a Hascon type of thing? Because wasn't that in later fall when they did that one? Yeah, it was. I think very very early November. Yeah, they promised special guests. Hmm. Like celebrity guests? Tom Holland could hop on a Zoom. I don't think they're letting Tom Holland near any live mics for the next few months. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to think who would make sense. Maybe one of the Eternals. Yeah, Angelina Jolie. There we go. Full circle. No, one of the Eternals who... <laughs> <laughs> it's Angelina Jolie when my show up. I mean, if at Toy Fair, the last Toy Fair, they had Ivan Reitman come and his son to show off the new Ghostbusters. Yeah, the power pack and all that. Yeah. So That was a big launch, though. That was. But I'm saying, again, it's a far less effort just to get somebody to zoom in for a special guest. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking forward to the toys. I imagine that'll be the next time we get to see the Hasbro team on a live stream as well. Well, they might do one in September, I suppose. They do them pretty regularly. Yeah, don't get a chance to miss them. We get to see them so much. But no, yeah, October's, you know, it's it's not that far off. And you know, with that, I think we are going to call it a show. We're going to have to Matt Damon Surter here. We will definitely be taking a look at him or through him next time. But in the sake of getting the show out to our, you guys fast... Surter will get bumped to the next show where we'll take a look at him and some other recently released MCU figures like Happy and Iron Man and Brothor or 
Is he still Brothor if he's in armor? Well, we'll talk about that and more on the next Marvelicious Toys. Thanks for watching this video. You can see full episodes of Marvelicious Toys with more collecting news and reviews at MarveliciousToys.com. Until next time, make mine Marvelicious. Yeah, I mean, Possibly. Toby McGuire might hop on a Zoom, right? Okay, sure. <laughs> if he can get, if he has time between poker games. He's like Leo's best friend, so. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know way too much celebrity gossip. Crap, I had that. He's, I watched Molly's game. <laughs> okay, I watched it too. I didn't get that out of it. Oh, yeah, that's how he got Leo to go to the poker game. If you don't know. Maybe you could be like the next Perez Hilton. It could be like Arnez Hilton. Yeah, but I won't, I won't draw cock everybody's faces the way Perez does. Yeah, that's pretty tacky. <laughs> but in case you don't know, wow. Tobey Maguire is a jerk, and if you watch Molly game, Mo and if you watch the movie Molly's Game, Michael Sarah's character is Tobey Maguire in real life. Uh -huh. And all the things that were done to Molly in that movie by Tobey Maguire were done to Molly by Tobey Maguire. Jeez. <laughs> We have gone off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and let me say the name I even meant to say. More. Well, to finish up this show, let's talk about a super deluxe figure or a Surter deluxe figure. That was bad. Mm -hmm, I'm not proud that of that. A figure that's fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not proud of that segue. <laughs> Uh, but I you think could we're say done. the hottest new figure from Hasbro. Okay. There you go. Let's take a look at the hottest new figure from Hasbro. Surter. Puntacular. Pardon? I said puntacular. Oh. <laughs>